Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Swish Water Lad podcast. And it's not long now until Father's Day. And if you're battling for a gift idea like I do every single year, well then I've got just the ticket for you. A personalised video message from your old man's favourite sports star will be sure to make his day. Imagine sending your dad a message from the all-black skipper, Sam Kane, or the golden one, Bowden Barrett. Or he might just be a huge fan of the German sensation, Anton Segner. There's options galore. To order, head over to hayswish.com and you can even get 10% off your purchase by using the code DAD10. And remember that up to 70% of the proceeds go to Kiwi Kids Charities, so you can also tell your dad that he donated to what is a great cause. I'll leave a link in the description below, so go click on that and go get your dad the gift that he really wants this Father's Day. Also, as many of you will know, Pure Sport have just launched right here in New Zealand for all their non-CBD products where they have a wide range of nootropics which are full of the best stuff that you can give your body. If you listened to the Grace and Heart episode recently, you would have heard how powerful some of these supplements are and you would have also heard how important it is to get off these prescription drugs such as tramadol, codeine, etc. These also make a great gift idea. So if your dad has joint pain, muscle pain, or you just want to give him some good stuff, well then go get amongst this and you can get 20% off by using the code WHATALAD20. It's that simple. Lastly, every lad's favourite horse trainer, Regan Todd, from Todd's Racing, is back on board. He is currently putting champion pacer, what a lad, through his paces to prepare him for a very successful career, fingers crossed. How good is it going to be to wind home what a lad at Addington? I personally am extremely pumped and I believe there are still a handful of shares so if your dad is a real lad and you really want to treat him for just 1k, no ongoing fees, you can give him a share of this champion horse. Side note, he may not be a champion but he will be an absolute lad and there's going to be some good times on track. That is for sure. If you're interested, flick me a message. Easy as that. But anyway, let's get to the show. What a lad, and what a lad I have for you today. Not only is today's guest one of the most exciting backs in the country with his footwork, speed, and strength of doom, he is also one of the nicest guys you'll meet, and that was confirmed after he was happy enough to go around to Keithy's house for a roast haggis. But I am stoked to have this lad on. He is one of the greats. It is Jonan Hareki. Welcome, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Feel I feel so welcome to be here. It's almost my podcast. <laughs> mate I've been trying to get you on for a while I've uh, been looking forward to sitting down and having a yarn with you but mate it's awesome seeing you back out there I know you had a bit of an injury a decent injury last year but awesome to see you back out on the field and from your form so far this season looks like you're straight back to the form that you left off with yeah 100% I'm glad to be back I missed it a lot uh, I wouldn't say an injury I think I had a sabbatical really um, <laughs> I actually loved it. I actually loved my sabbatical, my wee sabbatical. Got up to some good old uh, fun, picked up some new hobbies. But um, yeah, nah, glad to be back into it. And how is your body feeling? How's your knee feeling? Yeah, my knee's feeling unreal. Like, um, way more confidence in it um, in the last probably like two, two to three months um, leading up to Bunnings Cup. So yeah, nah, uh, I've enjoyed my rehab and I guess uh, knowing more about my body than 
you actually think you do. And you, I mean, you went off in the game against Tasman in the weekend, but that was that just a little scare? I mean, it sort of saved us. You were carving us up in that first 20 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, I was, no, nah, it was uh, actually, I'm, I'm out for eight weeks now, which is um, niggly. Uh, oh, true. I could, yeah, so I, uh, I ruptured something in my ankle, so I just had my scan and MRI yesterday and um, ruptured something in my ankle, but um, lucky enough that I don't need surgery, so I was kind of hoping that I wouldn't need surgery because then it'll push me up to three to four months, but um, yeah, no, eight weeks, so I could be able, I should be able to play the last two rounds of uh, the Bunnings Cup, so niggly, I think I came out too hot, really, came out too hot for the body. <laughs> <laughs> Made another eight weeks sabbatical. You love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone says. First day, you must be enjoying your sabbaticals. I was like, oh, I'm telling you, it chooses me. I don't choose it. <laughs> but how was the whole, whole rehab process? Um, you obviously enjoyed your time off the field, but how did you find that whole process? Um, I found it quite um, interesting um, just because, like, I, I played footy for probably since out of school all the way through so I didn't have no major injury um, so this was probably the first major one that I've ever had so um, to, to sit back and especially on a super rugby team and, and watch from the sidelines and have that point of view um, was kind of uh, it was good but then bad just because our team uh, just because the Landers weren't doing as great as I'd like them to be um, so yeah I felt left out but then also like it was kind of good that I had a few niggles as well so refreshed my whole body really to to be back so that's probably why I came out firing in that in that Tasman game and then boom and go back to another sabbatical <laughs> and you obviously got plenty of arm work in your off season and your wee sabbatical because your arms are looking massive oh do you reckon I, I don't reckon <laughs> looking pretty normal I reckon it's almost it's almost the fishing I've been doing that's I've been catching so many blue cod like, tends to get Put a, put a toll on your arms, I reckon. <laughs> oh, classic. But uh, one thing I do want to mention before we do get into um, your life and your whole journey is um, the prank. Obviously, um, it was a prank that I was pretty nervous about because I hadn't met you before, um, <laughs> asking you to come around to Keithy's house for a roast haggis and a cuddle. Uh, you know, I had the heart pumping, but, mate, I was just blown away by <laughs> what a lad you were to accept the invite and keen to head around for dinner. What do you remember about it? Oh, so it was like you called me and I was driving. I was driving to the airport. I don't know who I was picking up, but somehow I was just driving to the airport and I was just like, how am I going to like tell this person? Like, like, do I tell this person? Do I tell Keithy like, oh, just message me. And then I just tell him, hell to the no, I ain't coming. Like, <laughs> But like in person, like over the phone, I was like, oh, nah, like I'll be keen to come over and then. Once he said, oh, then we can cuddle. I was like, oh, nah. I was like, nah, Keithy must want more. <laughs> and then um, there was something that happened that kind of like, uh, oh, then Hisa, Hisa, Hisa messages me the next the next day or something. And it was like, how was your phone call? And I was like, I knew it was a stitch up. Like, I knew it was a stitch up. <laughs> no, it was gold, though. Well, I thought you might have picked up on it the back end of that combo when I did mention Hisa and um, the cattle, but no, because like he's a, he's pretty marginal to himself, really. Like <laughs> he gives a lot of hugs away to some some people. So like I just thought it'd be normal for Hisa to be giving cuddles and haggises, right? Well, oh, this would be normal for Hisa. So I was like, oh, it must be one of his mates. And then he misses me afterwards, and I was like, oh, nah, this was a prank. But this was definitely a prank. 
Oh, one of the greats. I do love that one. I listened back to it last night and had a good old laugh. But like I mentioned, I do want to hear a little bit more about your life, what what life was like as a young fella for you. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Wanganui, the land of the big, white, long brown river. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it an amazing town, actually. Oh, I actually rate it. No, yeah, it depends how you see it. But no, it was a great town, um, small. So no, it was good. And Can't footy? Complain. How did you get into really? footy? Oh, just growing up, just watching like Jericho and uh, Vini Sinivatu and them. Um, probably, I just wanted to become one of them, um, especially in the Super Rugby scene. And then I spent like, uh, I was at uh, Wanganui City College for like year 9, 10, 11 and 12. And then um, Vili, Vili Monikuroi, he got me into uh, Fielding Ag. So that's when on my last year, I got over to, to Fielding Ag. And then I kind of like really got into my footy deals, like real serious over there. So um, that's where it kind of took off for me. Were you always good as a young kid coming through? No, no, no. I was, I was, I was average. I was average. Surprisingly, I was number. I was, uh, I was a ten back in the day. Eh? That doesn't surprise people, me at yeah, all. Yeah, people Big used left to foot. call me like DC. <laughs> people used to call me DC, like the chocolate DC back then. <laughs> Were you goal yeah, kicking? Oh, I did. I did kind of, but like once my legs got a bit tighter, I used to just push it over, as you know, people do. You just push it over. Once it, once it gets to the sideline, you start giving it to other people. <laughs> but I could imagine you being quite talented at a few different things. Was it was it always rugby for you, or did you have a um, few other options or sports that you did? No, I, um, in the summer, I used to play cricket. Um, did you? Back in, uh, back in Wangana, I used to play cricket just because it was like a, there's nothing to do in the summer, really. So I just played cricket, and the cricket team was like battling for numbers. So I just used to just go uh, be a fielder. Used to, um, yeah, just used to. <laughs> I wouldn't say bowl because all the boys would rip me in. But uh, yeah, I was probably one of the. I was probably in the top five batsmen. Um, yeah, I was pretty good to be honest. I, I don't want to blow my own tires out, but holy heck, I could smash a six. <laughs> Were you a big hitter? Is that is that was that sort of your game plan most most weeks? Yeah, just come out firing. That's what the coach used to tell me. Mm. Like, I just want you to go out there, Jonah, and just get as much runs as you can. I don't care if you get out. And I was like, oh, yeah, say no more. <laughs> it's a good good mindset. I like that. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And did and you play I much to, touch? I could imagine you being a pretty sharp touch player. No, nah, I've never played touch. Eh? Like, wow. Surprisingly, I've never ever played like touch. Not like yeah, New Zealand-type touch. So I've never ever played it. True. Basketball? Yeah, some people call me like Ray Allen and stuff when I'm on the court, like just because I'm always hitting, I'm a green light type person on the corner. But, um, you yeah, know, it's not, it's not something that I'll go down, but yeah, basketball. What about oh, acting? Volleyball? I'm just going I through all my... these things, all these things that are springing to mind because, mate, you look oh. like a talented guy. No, I'm more, I love volleyball. Eh? Volleyball is probably oh, like volleyball. one of the, yeah, volleyball. Uh, I used to, I love playing table tennis. Oh, eight ball pool. Oh, that's probably one of the like my main hobby is eight ball pool. Like, I love pool. Just yeah. Angles and stuff, you know. A lot just of time in the clubs. Yeah, especially after a you know, nice wee jug. Gets <laughs> gets the heart pumping. <laughs> so then what how did you go from um fielding to professional footy? What was the pathway for you? Fielding, I uh I made uh the Barbarians, the New Zealand Barbarians team. And then from there, I kind of got scouted to come down to Otago. Um, but like the thing is, I wanted to come down to Otago. This is a story for you. So uh, 
I, I catch up with my, oh, my agent comes over to uh, oh, the White Locks are real big, eh? So at a fielding egg, so they say, oh, I've got this, um, I've got this agent that I want you guys to meet, and these three of us is me, Vilimoni, and one of these, uh, one of the other boys. His name's Tom. So oh, um, he can he can find out where you guys want to go, and he can be your agent if you guys want. And uh, so as you know, me and my parents, Bill's parents and Tom's parents, we all went to this. Uh, meeting over at the White Locks house and the, um, our agent, or old Warren, he goes, oh, so where do you want to go, Jonah? And I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind going down to Dunedin, eh? And then he goes, oh, yeah, what would you want to do? I was like, oh, mechanics course? He goes, oh, mean, mean, mean. So then, like, on the drive home, like, long story short, on the drive home, my mom was like, oh, do you know where Dunedin is? And I'm like, oh, yeah, but yeah, it's in the South Island, like, easy as. So in my head, I didn't tell my mum that I thought Christchurch was Dunedin, so like above, and I didn't know Dunedin was way below. So then, anyway, um, Warren susses out this um, this flight that's like, I come down to Dunedin for a couple of days and then like check out the facilities and go to the Polytech, etc., and then fly back up. And on the way on the way to the airport, like two weeks later, on the way to the airport, my mum's like, you should really like Google where Dunedin is. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever you want. I'm like, yeah, okay. So Dunedin, we, I Google where Dunedin is, and I just see that it's at the bottom of Christchurch, and my heart just, like, it just sinks to the bottom, and I'm like, oh. And then I quickly click on the images, and I just, all I see is snow, like, just snow, like, snow this, snow that, and I'm like, mum, I don't, I don't think I can live there. And, like, by this time, it's, like, too late, you know? I've already, like, signed these things, and I'm like, ah, I've got to make this work, but. Yeah, I kind of just wanted to go down so I can be away from mum and then try to be independent, but kind of didn't work out well because I just came straight to this nice family, um, this nice club family. And oh my gosh, the lady there, Sandy, she was amazing. She'd like, she'd cook us like maybe like a four course meal, like every like every dinner. She was so good. Like I probably gained about four kgs at the house, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was just amazing that I opted to come down here and now it's home for me, which I, I I rate. But you were hoping to go to Christchurch, was it? Is it? Nah. So I thought that Christchurch. Yeah, I just thought that Dunedin and Christchurch, it was just going to be warmer. Like one of them's just going to oh, be yeah. just closer to the. So that like Nelson, lovely place. So oh, I thought, yeah. oh yeah, Nelson's pretty. Yeah, so it's going to be up here, like near there. But nah, it's the opposite. It's near Antarctica more than Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was shattered about oh but you obviously love it down there now so then how did you um how did you go from you missed out on the New Zealand schools but you made New Zealand 20 so how did you manage to do that yeah that was funny because I we did this uh that provincial um under 19s tournament in Topo and I had the, probably the most shockingest tournament I've ever had in my entire life and anyway I um I didn't get picked for the for the camps and um there was a, like, I think there was like three camps. So there was a, a first camp, second camp, and the third camp, I think that was the last camp that they they were going to name the, the under-20 side. And one of the boys got injured, and then they were like, oh, could you just could you just go up and just uh, jump in one of the trials teams? So I was like, oh, yes, sweet. I'll just go up and troll. And, and we played um, we played the Chiefs. And at that time, it was like Sevi Reese was playing, and oh, I was yeah. like marking him. And I kind of knew him from school. So like, and I was just like, this guy's beast, you know. He was a second five back then, but they pushed him to the wing just to play us. Holy, and he was just trying to run over me the whole time, and I was just tying his shoelaces for him. I was just shoo, 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 just chopping him, bang, bang. I was even chopping him without the ball. 
what the f-? <laughs> and then uh, so then like from there yeah so I, I, I made that team to Aussie which uh, was quite cool and then I think they were going to cut that team down um, from the Aussie team to go to the World Cup they're going to cut it down I think they were supposed to cut like two backs uh, two outside backs but lucky enough they took the two outside backs, which was pretty cool. So then I was uh, pretty blessed to go to Georgia for the World Cup. And that was quite cool because I just went for another sabbatical, really. We went over there for a holiday. We didn't play one game. Oh, actually, I did play one game. But no, nah, we had a stacked, we had a stacked outside back. So, um, yeah, no, nah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the time over there and the experience. So. Who was ahead of you? Uh, there was Caleb Clark. There was Tima. I think Braden Inno was covering. There was Will Jordan. There was Josh McKay. So there was like not a lot bad, of boys eh? that could. Yeah, there was not. There was a not bad uh, outside back there. So yeah, now it was, it was great to be a part of. I mean, like seeing everyone now um, in the Super and then All Black. So mm. it's, it's quite cool to to see. Yeah, and then post that for you, you went into the New Zealand Sevens camp, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the New Zealand Sevens camp. That was probably just because I didn't have any any Super or anything. So I just went. To do some sevens and I quite I actually rated it. Eh? Like just traveling the world, um, seeing different parts of the world. Uh, especially, yeah, it's 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 actually like such a hard game and like mm. you, yeah. It's probably the one thing that gets me is like player. So like once you finish a game, you're like tired, but like you share changing room. So like you share changing room. So a normal changing room, you share with like three teams. So yeah. you could be like with Fiji and Kenya, you know. So you're like listening to three different musics. Like, and you're listening to our music like pumping and then you're hearing Gian songs and you're hearing the Kenyan songs and you're like yo this is actually unreal but yeah that's probably the hardest one is like you kind of have to recover somehow real quick in order to play again so that's probably one thing I uh, took as something important is like recovery mm. especially when when it comes to like uh, high performance type sport is uh, your recovery and how did you find the environment the New Zealand Sevens environment Oh, it was great. It was great. Just because I was in that mile of 10, I was in that mile of 10 um, environment. And you know how like you're like in a in a group of what, 30 plus or 15 players and you're like, yeah. you, you have all your different groups. But like in a, in a seven squad, there's only like 12 of you on tour. So it's just always a group of you just always going with each other, which is like, it's yeah, great bonding, like unreal environment, especially like because coaching and the management and the players are real close together. So Mm. Ah, I loved it. I loved it. Mate, it sounds like you had a good time because um, not often I get so many questions from one team coming from the Instagram, but the Sevens boys, they came in and truckloads. <laughs> so I do want to go for the mid-podcast <laughs> questions here um, with some of the some of the ones that came in. So um, haven't done this before, but I think this is probably the best way to get through um, some of these questions because you did get plenty in. But first one, any good promos in Vancouver? This one obviously came from Regan Ware, the lad. Regan Ware, the lad of lads. Yeah, no, nah, surprisingly, I did this. this real nice one with uh, Trail Trail Joes, and um, it was like it was it was actually put. Well, I think it was a stitch up, really. Like, <laughs> I think it actually was a stitch up, and it was like with these um, like Netflix um, like Netflix actors. It was quite yeah, it was quite. Um, yeah, weird in a way because we didn't know what we were doing, but just yarning and like video, like it was just like over video, but like there was no like script or no, yeah, it was very weird. Like, and then it was just for them, so it, was, it wasn't anything to do with, I think, the New Zealand team. It was just like Vancouver, 
Sevens tying into Netflix or something like that with with those Netflix actors. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> but but hey, it was great. Hey, it was it was it was unreal. Like we got free feed. Um, had the first time tasting um wagyu beef. So I was like, oh, I used to watch it on YouTube. So I was quite happy with that. Like, hey, I took something out of it and it was the wagyu beef, and now yeah, can't get it anywhere else. <laughs> so what was it like? You're just yarning to actors, and it was being filmed and never got played anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I think it got played over there because do you know how their Netflix is different to ours? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So what was it like thing, a Netflix so... special with its chalk? Yeah, yeah, usually, yeah, and, and and the extra jo- uh, trail, <laughs> and the extra trail just awkwardly sitting in the in the other side. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Okay, next one. Um, this is Vancouver as well. Why is Vancouver your favorite sevens tournament, Sam Dixon? Oh, probably just the people. The people are unreal. Like, for example, like, you know, New Zealand's, New Zealand, like the sevens team is not like, you don't just, we can't just rock into the airport and everyone's just, oh my gosh, the sevens team. Yeah. You know, but in Vancouver, holy, they think we're like, you know, the NBA team, like, oh my, and I'm like, I'll settle down, settle down, (laughs) calm down, calm down. It's only the NBA sevens team. (laughs) Nah, just, just great. Like they, 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 they put the, they they put rugby on like this massive pedestal. So, um, (laughs) Yeah, no, nah, it's it's great, and then their uh, their stadium's quite um, great, especially their um, what do you call those massive like screens in the middle of like NBA? Oh, big screen. <laughs> yeah, they call it something. Yeah, whatever they're called. It starts with T, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, they have one of those, so it's oh, quite. Yeah. You know, when you get a try, you look up and you see, like, frack, that's how LeBron James does stuff. Like, you know, so, oh, but, you yeah. would have been in your zone. Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, and then, like, I don't, I'm not too sure. If, oh, then Silas's old sass. I'm not too sure if he was there when I was in Vancouver, but, oh, my gosh, that guy's a winner, too. But, anyway, another story. <laughs> well, speaking so, of sass, got a question from sass as well. How's Chalk Mechanic going from Jonty? From Jonty himself. Oh, it's actually going good, actually. Um, what is the Chalk Mechanic? The Chalk Mechanic. So I did a mechanics course here uh, on my first year down here. Um, in 2016 and I was supposed to do my apprenticeship the, the next two years and I kind of like oh no I put on pause like rugby's gonna I think rugby's gonna take off here I can't be doing both you know <laughs> but you know <laughs> um, oh so I did this mechanics course and everyone thinks it's like I'm like I'm lying but honestly I could fix cars I don't know about fixing like people's cars but I'll probably fix my own car um so so anyway i can't i'm not too sure if i should tell you the story but um <laughs> this might get this might come out to my the work experience guys that i used to work for you know quick story um i did work experience on a friday and um i was unreal Jim. i was unreal like cars come in cars went out cars come in cars went out i probably in like 30 minutes i probably went through how many services and these were not normal services these are transmission services and engine services Filters changed, washed, but I was doing everything, hands, grease everywhere. Anyway, so I was um I was, you know, doing my thing on a Friday, overall, steel cap boots, boom, bang, cold. I was just pumping through them. And then uh this one day it was like near lunchtime, and then the the boss and his uh his work colleague were like, Oh, um, Jonah, could you do quickly do this this car? Um, it just needs to get out before lunch. And then I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sweet. And then they left for lunch. So I'm like, oh sweet. So I was like get under the car, just do everything, change the filter, I put the car back down on the hoist and I'm like filling it with a gun and like you got to kind of put like four litres into it. 
and I'm like filling it and I'm seeing on the thing like two, three, four on the gun. It's like just on a digital screen. So three, four, and I'm like, oh, oh, that might be it. So I like stop the gun. But and then I start to move and I can hear a puddle. Like I'm but this is inside a garage. I'm like, why is there a puddle? So I like look under the car and I forgot to put the bung. Put, got to put the bug so those four leaders has just gone straight in the car come back out and hit the floor and i'm like oh my, my heart is racing so i put this horse back up put the bug back in and i'm like oh these guys are going to be here soon so i go get these rags like cut open these rags and i just chuck them on the ground and i'm just mopping this ground like oh, i'm gonna get rid of this evidence and then i reset the gun and i'm like oh like real panicky and then like as soon as they like start to drive into the, the garage i'm like I'm like the guns in and I'm like filling it. Oh, that's good work. Like you're starting to fill it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't too bad, eh? Like, but to this day they don't know. But if this podcast comes out, they'll probably know that they need to they need to charge me four liters of uh, engine oil. <laughs> Mate, you did well to cover that up. Yeah, I was I was in panic. Like I was panicking, and it was it was weird because like it was uneven surfaces, so the oil was like dripping everywhere. Like. So it wasn't yeah. just in a puddle even. Yeah. What a mechanic Jeez, you got through some of uh, some work in that morning shift by the sounds of it. Oh, I oh. used to get into oh I used to get into some shift. I think they want me back then just because of that. But <laughs> I was like, oh maybe if I yeah, maybe I'll go do some work in my eight weeks of vertical that I have now, maybe we'll see. <laughs> okay, next one. How did it feel being the eighth strongest in BLC from Stubby? Another lad. Yeah, another lad. Yeah, BLC is the Big Lifters Club. Oh, only, yeah. the, only, only, a, only a special, special few get to be uh, named the BLC, and I was probably one of the OGs. I don't know why he was saying the eighth because I was probably the first. Um, for me, it was it was more like a mindset type thing, and that's what uh, my point of difference is compared to those others. Mm. Um, mindset, mindset. You know, like mindset to lift it. You know, like mm. I could just lift it with my head. Doesn't mean I can lift it with my arms, you know. It's all up here. It's all up here, Jim. <laughs> oh, I like that mindset. Oh, what a lifter. Okay, next one. Are you still practicing tippy toes? Another one from Regs. Yeah, that's probably why I am. Uh, not actually, uh, unfortunately, Regs, I am not because just ruptured my ankle. So I definitely haven't been doing any um, tippy toe type uh, exercises, unfortunately. Were you quite a big practicer of it? Yeah, I was a real good practicer of it. Like, I'd probably be, like, overtime type person. Like, yeah. i just get into it. And I just love the burn. I just love that burn. And I'll just, like, you know, tell the boys, like, you need to do this. But, you know, they thought, you know, they thought it was a piss take. But I was like, mate, what, what's the difference between me and you, you know? <laughs> nothing. There was nothing, really. But what is it? okay last one from one of the sevens lads this one was from your coach ask him about the voice activated tv at the world cup with salisi from clarky <laughs> so uh hey great question there clarky so me and sas were uh roommates and everyone everyone in their um sevens so we we're at the world cup and everyone so everyone had like great roommates you know like and i don't know why i had sas like so I flipped it around and I told him, maybe, maybe this is like a maybe they're challenging me here to be a leader. Maybe they're actually like, hey, you can be a leader to SAS. So being the chalk man I am, I was like, I'll take him under my wing. So, and anyway, we get into our room and uh, me and SAS are just chilling there. And I have the remote underneath the my uh, the blanket and I'm just lying in bed. 
I'm like, bro, Sass, those um, TVs are voice activated, eh? And he's like, no, they're not. And I was like, yeah, they are. And then he was like, show me then. And I was like, oh, TV, turn on. And I like push the button underneath the blanket and the TV turns on. And then uh, like this legit, this goes on for like two days. And like the thing is, I was like, I was telling Sass like, oh, it's only on my voice. And then uh, went on for like legit two days, no joke. And he was gutted because I hit the remote. So like the only way is, if, and he brought his PlayStation. So the only way he could play his PlayStation, shock, hurry up, come to the room so he could turn the TV on. And I was, oh yeah. yeah. So I started, I started telling everyone that. Oh no, I told him that it was voice activated. So anyway, um, it comes to the third day, and I'm like, oh here, um, and I grab something like something random, like not even a remote, and I just grab it, and I'm like, oh, talk, talk to this, and like hopefully your voice goes to the TV. Like this is the the mic. Yeah. And um. I think it was like a, like a little thing of like the alarm clock or something. I don't know, something random. And I was like, oh, just talk to this, like say your name. And like, so he's like popping up, saying his name and stuff. And I'm just cracking up. And anyway, so I, day three or day four comes along and I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm brushing my teeth. And all I hear is TV, turn on. <laughs> and I'm just like giggling away. And then he's like, volume up to 15. And I'm just lolling in the like, I'm just lolling in the bathroom like, ah, this guy's got me. And I'm just saying, he's like, what are you laughing at? I said, no, no, no. I was like, what's wrong? He said, no, it's not working. I was like, oh, okay. So I jumped back into bed and I like brought the remote again and I was like doing it like, oh, TV 15. And then anyway, like someone accidentally like told him at lunch that like Chuck's playing tricks on you. Holy heck. And he felt, oh, and he, he, didn't, he didn't talk to me for a good day. He was there angry. But like, like that was probably one of the greatest stories I've ever told with Sass is, is the voice activation <laughs> TV story. Mate, that is so good. He, he's classic for a prank too, old Salisi. Oh, Mate, he is one of the greats. One of the greatest golfers I've ever seen too. <laughs> Style-wise, but I don't know about his uh, game. But, yeah, no, he's definitely, definitely one in a million. Oh, he sure is. But mate, it sounded like you had, sounded like you had a hell of a time in that sevens camp. Was it? Did you ever think about staying in there, or was fifteens always the dream for you? Yeah, fifteens was always the dream for me. Um, it kind of got a bit repetitive um, with the sevens uh, setup, just because like I'm not too sure like if they evolve in, in in a lot of things. There's only seven people on the field, like you can only do so much. So, um, yeah, uh, I would go back to it. If I um, if they had millions of dollars there, but um, <laughs> the honesty. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You, you yeah. probably train more than you play, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, hey, it was great for the body, like great for the body, and hey, great setup up in Tauranga, up in the mount. So, um, yeah, I think 15s was was where I wanted to be, and um, I think yeah, you can go way further in, in a rugby career with with fifteens, fifteen mm. sevens. So, so how did you find going into the Targo setup? Yeah, it was it was uh, my first year actually. I thought I chose the wrong team because I had like the the Otago outside backs were stacked back then. It was like Tony Insull, Jack Wilson, Matt Fattis, uh Fussy Foot tight. So they were like you know they were like experienced players. And then like two thousand and seventeen, they just all left, just got up and left. And I was a like, holy. So then I was like. Oh, I'm the next person in line. So they had to pick me. So I was kind of happy with that. Eh? But um, yeah, nah, it was probably the thing for me was like I had to make it work. So like, I came down to 
had to make it work. And I wasn't much of a drinker back then, so I didn't really get into um, the Scarfy life. So real focused in playing rugby. So um, yeah, no, nah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, and how I did it. Um, I don't think if I did it differently, I don't think I would be where I am today because it is kind of hard to be a Scarfy and a rugby player, I must admit. like um, Some people can, but I definitely reckon if I did it, I would have went the other way and become a professional drinker and probably become a professional streaker at Forsyth Bar. <laughs> that would be a tough streaker to tackle. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you now, imagine that, right? <laughs> Reckon have you'd be your first tricker to ever have rugby boots on. <laughs> Were you always confident going into that um, environment, playing your first few games for Otago? Because you seem like a confident guy. Did you always feel have that confidence on the field? Nah, definitely not. I was probably the, I was probably real shy. Um, I think as the years uh, got on um, with playing rugby, um, getting older, I think I started to get uh, way more confidence in myself and like what how powerful you can be especially if like fans and kids look up to you mm-hmm. um like they don't want to see someone that um uh, not confident in what like you believe in so um that's probably one thing i've taken away is like the confident you are the the more a fan or a kid would want to be like you if yeah if i had a idol back in the day what would i want them to be like and how would i want them to act if mm-hmm. i was in the same room as them so Right. So were you always confident as a kid? Like, were you always one of the guys who was comfortable to get up in front of the class and do a song or dance or stuff? But or have you sort of taught yourself to be this confident? No, nah, I probably taught myself how to be this confident, to be honest. I was probably, right. um, yeah, real shy back in school. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's it's like like if you know something, you're real confident, you know. But, like, if you don't know it, you're, like, real shy. Like, nah, yeah. like, nah don't pick me. So I think that's probably one thing that, like, I've used rugby as a good example is, like, I can be so much confident with it just because I know about it. Mm. And one game that stands out for me for your from your Otago times is obviously the Ranfurly Shield game where, mate, this is this is a story of a lifetime. There should be a movie made about this. The ruptured yeah, testicle. Yeah. He plays on and wins the Shield. Oh, <laughs> one of the greats. Oh. Yeah, that was quite. It was funny because it was like Quintu Pai gave me like a knee straight to the nut, and like, and then like, yeah, knee straight. You know, it popped, and um, I uh, managed to. I was like, nah, something's wrong here. You know, like something's wrong. Like this pain's real bad. So I tell the doc, like, nah, I can't play anymore. Like you gotta sub me out. So subs me out, and uh, Mitch, Mitch Scott pulls a calf or something. Like he pulls something real bad, and there's no one on the bench, and he's like five minutes to go, and we're up, and like oh chuck you you have to go back on so i'm like oh okay then like i'm limping on and i'm like low-key in pain like maybe like a seven out of ten pain eight out of ten and i get there and like we just all we have to do is kick it and they just go chuck come in and like bridge i'm like i don't want to bridge like <laughs> kick the ball out so if you see this video i'm like in there and i'm bridging for a bit like gee don't hit me like and uh like we we win and then like i'm cheering along but uh, after the game, my mum comes up to me and I was like, mum, my back is so sore. And my mum's like rubbing my back, like, is this fine? Is this fine? Like, this is all right. And like, as mums do it, they're like, I was like yeah, 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 nah, it's actually so sore. Like, and I was like hunched over, like, just couldn't stand up straight. And anyway, I get to the uh, showers and I'm having a shower. And then I like, I look down, holy, it's a bloody shot football. Like, you know, it's like swollen. And I'm like, it's already big itself, but this one, Jim, holy, it was like bigger than big. 
it was a wheel, wheel, wheel. So I was like still dirty. Like I just, I legit just got in the shower, soaked, like I was like soaked up a bit. And I was like, gee, nah, I got to get out of here. So like while I'm still soaping, I like ran over to Doc and our physio and I'm like, nah, like something's wrong. So they chucked me on the table and then they like see and they're like, oh, pull up like straight to the um, emergency room, like stolen like my kit. Like I haven't even had a shower properly and have x-ray and oh, scan and stuff. And then, you know, they, they put me for surgery and they put me on a drip. For, and then I have surgery the next morning, but the team flies down to Dunedin. And that was like our, uh, I've heard about that parade that they have at the, at the airport that they do down here. Um, so because that was our first time, I was like, I've got to make this flight. And and the, the doctor's like, oh, we'll have to have you overnight again. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I've got to, I've got to get there. I've got to be in that flight. And um, he's like, no, no, no. After surgery, you've got to stay another night. And I was like, okay. And then the nurse comes up to me after the doctor. He's like, oh, no, you can, like, discharge yourself. So I was like, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. I'll just do that. So she's like, sweet, sweet. So I discharged myself straight after, um, straight after surgery. But, like, the thing is, it's, like, so weird. They put, they put me in a jock, jock strip, or was that oh, what yeah, you called yeah. it? Yeah. And I don't know what they were, you know. And um, I, so what they did is like, they were like, oh, we'll just chuck you straight into your clothes straight away. So I was like, oh, thank you very much. So I woke up in my Otago kit, like all like ready to go, like polo and all. And I'm like, oh, thanks so much. And anyway, I go to the flight and um, all the boys are like, show us, show us, show us. I was like, I can't show you. But anyway, I showed them and then like one of them like pulled my, like just pulled the back of my pants down. And he was like, gee, are you wearing a G-string? And I was like, you know and I was getting like real like he's like why are you picking on me like fuck, I just lost a nut and like oh, I didn't lose a nut but like I was just like and then like they just, I pulled it down and then they were all laughing at me and I'm like Gee, what am I wearing like I can't be wearing this but yeah anyway we uh, managed to come down to Dunedin and uh, caught the flight oh it was great and then they apparently like one of the flight attendants must have heard that I ruptured my uh, my testicle and she gave me like some almonds some chocolate almonds on the flight gave me a wee announcement too and i was like oh thank you <laughs> oh mate that's one of the great so did you lose a nut or no you still got two yeah i still got two i still got two because it was Just so big you know it's, it's big do you know how it's so big like it's hard to explain to someone like so because it's so big it's so easy to like sew it up but if you have a small one it's pretty hard so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Is it, so is it bigger now? Like, does it affect your rugby at all? Or does it help your rugby? No. Nah. Momentum? Um, yeah, more testosterone before the game, probably, I'd say. <laughs> Just creeps, creates a bit more. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, and then, obviously, moving to the Highlanders. I think I think you were, what, two or three years before you got there, Highlanders call-up? What was yeah, it like yeah, when you finally yeah. got there? Oh, it was, it was unreal. That's a story by itself as well, so... On my last year of uh, the sevens in like 2019, Tavita Nambora goes down injured mm. for this for the and and my agent like emails me and like, oh, would you be keen to go to the Highlanders? This is like mid-season, like we're just about to go Vancouver, the greatest place in the whole universal <laughs> sevens. And I was like, you know, double-minded, like I want to go to Vancouver, but I want to go to like Super Rugby, like I want to go to Super Rugby, and um, I tell the boys quickly, like, gee, I think I'm off, like. I think I'm off to the landers. And then they're like, bullshit. I was like, yo, like, so anyway, like they have this massive argument with the sevens and, and the Highlanders that they were like trying to give me a contract to go straight away. But like the sevens weren't letting me go. So then 
I was like, I've burnt bridges here. Like, I've burnt bridges at the sevens because I, I said that I was just going to leave. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like, in the back of my head, I was like, I'm not going to Vancouver. Like, you know, like, oh, my gosh. Like, Vancouver's the best place. And I've, like, just, you know, one place I want to go to. And I've just burnt myself here. Like, And anyway, I get named to go to Vancouver. And then I'm like, I'm like, you know, trying to suck the balls, the coaches and stuff. Like, thanks, guys. Like, I appreciate it. Like, I'll never leave you, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to leave you anyway. Like, I love this environment. And then, yeah, funny enough, was in Vancouver. And that's where the great the great um, promos came along that year. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when I was, I was quite happy that like the Landers were keen on me like in 2019 when they had injuries. So um, lucky enough that they just signed me straight till 2020. So it was kind of cool that, um, yeah, I already had a deal with them before the year even finished or the seven. So that was kind of, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's probably the one thing that you want to dream about eh, is just like having a contract, like a super contract. Mm. And you're not even like you're not fighting for one, you already got one. So it's probably a cool thing. And what was the biggest difference going from um the NPC to Super Rugby or all from sevens? What was the biggest difference for you? NPC, uh, just more money, eh? Um, like you just see like you know, like in terms of no, 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 not more money in terms of me, like more money in the, oh, in the system, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Oh yeah, and that one, and that one, yeah, more money both ways. <laughs> um, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know, they just yeah, it's just it's great. Like there's nothing that's like on a budget on yeah. that, like you know, there yeah. there is a budget, but like it's way more than what a NPC team would have and yeah. just like hotels and stuff, like yeah, just yeah, that's probably the one thing that I took out of is like you you get quality stuff and like yeah which is quite good like it's not quantity it's quality that counts that's it it's this you know that's a wee gym for the day oh i like that one <laughs> and it was the 2021 season where you really sort of lit the comp alight um oh, some some form you were in that year scoring tries everywhere carving teams up um what was it like that year for you and where did that form sort of come from or was that did you always have it just waiting for an opportunity yeah, I think I was just waiting for an opportunity, um, but also just just backing myself really. Like mm. I think, uh, not too sure what game it was. Maybe it was like the the Brumbies over in Canberra, oh, yeah. and that was probably like one of the games where I was like, oh, I can like compete, you know, I can compete mm. in this competition. So that's probably one game that I took out. Of, like, like my size, I ain't the biggest winger, so like you know, it's just how do I make it work for myself and. Mm. Um, just a point of difference, like, yeah, what can I do that other wingers can't do and things like that. And just working on it week in, week out, it's probably the one thing that I took out of that first year and then just really believing in myself. Mm. And did you ever get any feedback from the All Blacks? I mean, I know there's a lot of speculation around you potentially being in the squad that year as a bit of a bolter, but did you have any feedback around it? Nah, 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 not at all, nah. I'll probably go play for Fiji, to be honest. I'll probably just, I think they're, they're lacking a first five, so I'll probably go over there, you know. <laughs> Well, mate, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Like, um, obviously, you are eligible for New Zealand and Fiji. Is that genuinely what you're thinking? Would you go to the, the Rugby World Cup with Fiji this year if you, if you can? Yeah, yeah. If I, if I, if I can, I think. But I think um, all my contracts at the moment, I think I'm tight. I'm locked in here, so um, I'm not too sure if I could somehow not have that in my in my contract. But I'm pretty sure that. It's usually I'm locked in for the New Zealand side. Oh, so you've got a New Zealand rugby union contract, do you? 
on top of your nah. Hollanders one. No, no, no. It's just like the in, in my Highlanders one. It's like has this like clause in it that I oh, can't yeah. go play for like a national, another national team. Like I have to be New Zealand eligible or something like that. So that's probably the one thing that's holding me back. True. So you would go. You'd be off straight away to Fiji. Oh, I'll think about it. I'll think mm. about it. If you Interesting, think about mate. It, yeah. You'd be handy at that um, rugby world cup for Fiji. Probably around. Fullback, Ashay, because there's that many wingers they've got going. Yeah, well, honestly, the I was the like, whole backline's wingers. The whole backline is wingers, honestly. Like, that's what they're missing, I reckon. It's just a, a good first five and a good fullback. Like, yeah, and they'll be foot. like, oh, Andy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, mate. But then, obviously, when your Highlanders time, that um, knee injury sort of struck at quite an ugly time. You've spoken about the rehab process, but how did you deal with that initially when, when you first found out you were, had done your ACL and you were out for nine months or whatever it was? Yeah. Um, it was actually funny because, like, you know when you're, like, young, you think you're bulletproof? Mm. <laughs> yep. That's the funny thing. That's a, that's a good putty, 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 putty <laughs> Parkinson um, quote. Oh, I'm bulletproof, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Give him a wee plug there. Um, yeah, so like at the time, like I did my knee, and the funny thing is, you know, like doctors and physios, they know that you've done your ACL, but they never tell you at the time. Mm. And all they do is like, oh no, like we'll get a scan on Monday, like you'll be fine, like you know. But they know, they definitely know that you just did your ACL. Like there's no hiding it. Like it's funny because your specialist didn't know how you could do that test, and like you can feel your ACL. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I was like. When the, when the specials doing it, I'm like, gee, so my doctor, my physio just lied to me straight in the face, you know, like, like you know, my ACL was gone and they just told me, no, nah, we'll just wait for the scan. Gee, 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 no, nah, you know, you don't need that scan. <laughs> so anyway, um, I like, I have the scan and I, um, this is, yeah, here in Dunedin, I have the scan and like, our doc calls me and says, oh, unfortunately, uh, it's not. It's not good news, there, Joanna. Um, you've done your ruptured your ACL, so you'll be out for a wee while. Oh yeah, what like five months, three months? Is it nah nine months? And all this, my heart just sank. I was like, yeah. holy, like nine months. What do I do in nine months? Like, I might as well just you might as well just say twelve months. Like, <laughs> put me on Christmas, like, you know, like wrap me up and leave me underneath the tree, cafe. Ah, uh, anyway. <laughs> So, like, I was like, ah, oh, like, and then I thought about it in the car. I was like, ah, oh, you can either take it two ways. Like, you can either feel sorry for yourself or just take this opportunity to, I think, make it as a positive. So, mm. I think I took it as, as a positive where, um, yeah, didn't really see it as, as uh, me missing out. As, like, when the boys were training, I was like, they're missing out on my fun. Mm. Instead of me missing out on the team's fun, it was like I, I tried to flip it and, and like so every day I'd take Shannon's jet ski out and I'd like just go in the harbor like because I was there because I was training for like two hours maybe an hour and a half every morning. I'll just tell Shannon, oh, I'm taking the jet ski out like so I'll just take the jet ski out and just hone around in the harbor while the boys are training in the stadium like I'd be honing around sending everyone snaps that I'm on the jet ski like <laughs> have a wee Corona in the back like just popping it open. And I don't drink. The thing is, I don't drink, but I just had like a crone in the back just so like they can think, oh, well, this guy's actually living life. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I just pour it down, pour it into the sea and recycle the bottle. But um, 
yeah, that's probably the one thing I took out of that, that uh, the bad news, which I kind of made into a good news. Mate, I like that mindset, and obviously that's why you've come back in such red-hot form. But you did mention a few fishing, um, a little bit about your fishing and jet ski. I know you've got some good fishing and jet ski stories, especially with yeah. Shannon. So, mate, take it away. Oh, poor Shannon. So, <laughs> got to get comfortable here, Jim. So, um, so it was it was Shannon's first day of buying his jet. Oh, I was like, he just bought his jet ski, bought it in Wanaka, this massive jet ski, like it was a fishing one. And um, he's like, he's taken it out in uh, Wanaka, he's honed it around a bit, and then he's come down here in Dunedin, and I'm like, oh, you got to take me out, Shen. you got to like, legit take me out. So it's his first time having a jet ski, so like, you know, you got to bear with us. So, so we go to um, we go to the harbour, the docks, and um, we're like pulling up, and there's a lot of, there's like a couple families there. There's like a family that's waiting to go out, and there's a family waiting to come in. And there's one, one um, ramp, a couple of ramps, but one was getting used. So then I was like, oh, Shannon, we'll just put it down here. So Shannon like tells me, oh, do this, do that. Like, yep. And I'm like, yep, tick, tick, tick. Yep, that's it. And then um, I reverse, I reverse the trailer in and, and put the jet ski in. And this family is like legit, like right next to us. And they're like, holy, that's a nice jet ski. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's not mine. It's um, it's my friend here. And like, yeah, yeah, it's a new, new jet ski. Just go and go, got to go for a hoon. And then, um, Probably the worst day to ever go for a hoon on the jet ski that day, by the way. And um, so Shannon was like, oh, yeah, stop, stop, stop. Get me out. So he got out. And then he was like, oh. So he was on the jet ski. And I was like, and he was like, oh, push, push. So I'm like thrusting this jet ski, like trying to launch it off the trailer. And he's like, oh, no, 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 the chain. So we unhooked the chain. There was that chain bit. So yeah. unhooked the chain. And it's like, yeah, yeah, now do it now. So he starts the jet ski up and he's like reversing. But this family's like looking at us. These guys are all good. Like these guys don't know what they're doing. Anyway, I'm like listening to the Shannon. It's like dumb and dumber, you know. And I'm just thrusting, like trying to push this jet ski off. And I'm like, "Gee, Shannon, this ain't coming off." So anyway, we like Shannon jumps off the jet ski, and we're both trying to push this jet ski off. And I'm like, "Nah, there's something wrong here." Like, so anyway, Shannon's like, like that's like scratching his head, and he's like, "Oh, I left the straps on, so the straps on the back of the jet ski are still stropped." And I was like. So we're looking like rookies here on a brand new jet ski. We just have to like, the thing is we have to drive this jet, the truck back up, take the straps off to go reverse back down. Oh my days. And I'm like, gee, you're making us look like amateurs. And I'm like, while well, the family's like looking at us, I'm like, you're making us look like amateurs. And I'm like, like you like slapping his head. Oh, idiot. <laughs> anyway, we get off and like, we're like, um, on his jet ski, it's like, there's that speaker, there's those like Bluetooth speakers. Oh. And we're just honing it, and you know, like uh, in a dock, um, these those speed limits that you're allowed—it's oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. ten or or five knots. And um, outside, oh, in in the harbour, it was like it was choppy as like it was bad, like the worst day you could ever take a jet ski. It was real bad. And I was like, "Nice, Shannon, like we got to go back in." And uh, we didn't read the sign, and the sign said ten knots or five knots. So anyway, we're in this dock, and we're just blasting these island jams, like. Holy heck, it was loud and we're just honing it. The thing is, we're trying to pull who can who could pull the fastest yeah. and like a and like a 50 meter length and and like, we're like oh you're going 50 knots. And we're like fist pumping each other and laughing. And then we get these two old men that come over to the dock and they're like, oh, and they're like calling us over. And I was like, oh shit, what's wrong here? Yeah. Like, Shannon, Shannon, put the volume down, put the volume down. And then he's like, oi, you effing don't you read the signs? You can't go um, over five knots. And I was like, I was like so stunned. I was like, oh my, 
I was like, oh, it's his jet ski, so I just put Shannon straight into it. Like, oh, he was driving, it's his jet ski. And Shannon's fully like, oh, sorry, it's my first time having this. And I'm just like <laughs> lolling at the back, like, can't, don't even sack your balls like that. So anyway, we're just laughing. And then like, we sack it and we just like jump back on the trailer and we're like, just head off home. And we're like both giggling on the way home. Like, like gee, we're idiots. Like, we can't be doing that. We need, and then we're like, now we, we finally, um, read the rules of like docks and stuff and mm. um, like rules around the water and stuff like that. So now we know. So it was a good experience. Like that's what I said to Shannon. Hey, we don't chase fish. We chase experience. <laughs> and the fish just come. And the fish just come. A hundred percent. Oh, that is good stuff, <laughs> mate. That is a good yarn. I, I knew you, I knew you had a good fishing yarn there. And that was a good one. So, we will go to the questions because, uh, mate, we've we've still got plenty more. Not these ones aren't from seven. Oh no, 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 Jim! I got another story for you. Oh, another fishing yard. Go this on. This is this is a good one. This is probably the best one. So, there's a slight, you know, me and me and Shannon are probably like the worst fishermen in in the whole universe of fishermen. And um, so we wake up and we wake up and like, do you know how fishing fishermen? So this is how I think fishermen do. They probably wake up and they go see the ocean, you know, and blah. Oh, it's a bit choppy today. Maybe like, maybe not. Maybe like, you know, check maybe the the forecast and stuff. But me and Shannon, we do the opposite. We wake up, we look at the sun. Oh, it's a nice day. Let's go fishing. You know? Yeah. So anyway, this one day we're like, let's go fishing. This is a beautiful day, but beautiful day up in the sky, but not <laughs> on the water. So it's the worst day you could ever go fishing. And me and Shannon have this. We have this anthem that we always play just before we go fishing, and we reckon it gives us good luck and. Um, it is called uh, I'm Gonna Miss Her. It's just, you know, just the wee track that we play yeah. in. And, you know, we're just chanting away like Shannon's outside and I'm just driving next to him on the beach and we're like, just about to reverse the jet ski. This day is like the worst day. Like these tides were probably like, the sets were probably like four sets and they're real close together. But I was like, gee, Shannon, we can't back out now. Had our bait really cut up, hooks, hooks, lines, like everything was set. You know, put the jet ski in. And um, check it on. And the thing is, like me and Shannon, I could read. We can read each other's um, what, like what the motions are, you know. So yeah. I'm like, oh, Shannon, do you wanna do you wanna draw? Like Shannon, you can draw. Like so, I'm trying to give it to him to draw. And Shannon's like, oh no, you draw. So I'm like, oh, this guy's not confident. So okay, I'll drive it. So I get on the jet ski and I'm like, ah, oh, that's us. Let's go. So we're like driving around, driving around, and I'm just trying to time these tides day like perfectly. And anyway, the thing about Shannon is he like you can hear like his voice. Oh, you'd know Shannon, eh? Like his voice is like real defined, like yeah. stop, like you know, stop. So that's how he sounds. Eh? So, oh, wow. Anyway, I'm like, I'm going through, I'm going through the waters, like I'm just pounding these waves, like woof, wave after wave. I'm just going. Then Shannon's at the back of me, and he's one of those back seat drivers. Eh? He's like, no truck, not that one. Like, and I'm like. They're like, let me drive. Like, I'm telling them in this, well, this is like a windy, choppy day. And anyway, I get through one, get through the other, and then I just see this wave start to build. Eh? And I'm like, I can hone this. And if I time this well, we're going straight across, right? But like Shannon like gives me doubt like at the wrong time. And it's like curves, the wave just curves. <laughs> and he's like, truck, pull out. And I'm like, oh, it's too late, like legit. Jim, it's too late. This wave's up, and I'm like right underneath it. So I just hone it. Like the only thing I can do is just hone it. So I'm honing it, and oh, 
we're going straight to the moon, like <laughs> legit. We're like straight up. All I see is the sky. And I'm like, no, like, what am I doing? Anyway, the thing is, Shannon jumps off the jet ski. So he just like jumps off the jet ski and he just goes into the water. And I'm like, and, and it makes the jet ski like like tip just because he's kicked off. Oh, yeah. And I'm just, I, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. And I'm just like, please, like, I've got to take this jet ski down to the water, you know? So I'm like up in the air, calm down. And once it like the jet ski hits the water, I pop off. Funny thing is, I didn't put the jet ski key on my, um, on my jacket so the jet ski was like running and i'm underwater right i'm just underwater like and i'm just like my heart's like racing i'm like i've got to find this jet ski just because these tides are coming and once like one tide gets this jet ski me and shannon are f like we're just so i'm like oh mindset is boom i've got to get out of this water and i've got to find the jet ski as soon as possible so i like go down and i just jump up like i just touch the ground and i just jump up and i look around i find the jet ski jump on the jet ski and i'm like honing like i'm just like where's shannon like i just can't see shannon. he's like tumbling underneath the water yeah. like just tumbling all i can see is his like life jacket just tumbling and i'm like oh, this is bondi rescue type stuff you know and i'm like you know get into lifeguard mode and i'm like looking around like and there's this massive like set just coming right behind me so i'm like i gotta go so i hone out hone out all the way back to the beach and um shannon like pops up his head and he goes sure come back and i'm like I was like, in my head, I was like, turn around, like, turn around. Like, there must be a reason why he's left. Like, he wouldn't be next to me, you know? This guy doesn't think, you know? At the point, I'm like, gee, think. There must be, like, a wave coming. So, anyway, he's, like, growling me to come back to him, and he turns around, and this wave just demolishes him. Just starts, and he's just in this, like, washing machine. Just He, like, gets up. All I see is I'm on the beach just watching him because I'm, like, stuck. I can't go get him. And then in my head, I was like, you know, he's always like, you know, if one person, it's better if one person dies than two. So one can tell the story. <laughs> well, that's how the mindset, you know, the mindset in my head was like, hey, I could tell this story, but if both of us die, no one can tell the story. So, you know, so I'm like, no, nah, I'll just watch him. So I'm on the beach and I'm just like watching him, like, please get out. Like, you know, like, please somehow just get out of there. And I'm just on the street. I'm on the jet ski in the shallows, like, what do I do? Like, where do I go? And then, like, Shannon's just getting tumbled after tumble. And um, anyway, he, like, comes up, like, after, like, five minutes of getting, like, in his washing machine, he stands up. Stands up and he's just laughing. Like, he has a, like, smile on his face. And I'm just on this, I just dock, I just launched the, um, the jet ski back on the beach and I'm just, like, on the on the beach just laughing. Like, what the hell did just went through? Like, what do we just go through? And, you know, like, me and him just start giggling. But the funny thing is, we went to hunting, hunting and fishing that morning we bought like these new jerseys like these new pants and the thing is and we're telling each other like i don't think these pants were like tested to go underwater like we just tested them and me and we're just cracking up on, and we're just soaked on the beach just laughing and oh one of the greatest stories because then we told like our management and they were like you guys are idiots and all that no 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 that's the thing though we chase experience not fish <laughs> that's one of it that's one of our mini mottos with me and shins Oh, mate, that is great. That is a funny yarn, but also quite scary, eh? Like, that sounds like yeah. pretty scary when yeah. you see Shannon almost drowning there. But like you say, oh, better, yeah. better one to Oh, we had life jackets, too. which was good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was telling Shannon. I was like, yeah, these life jackets are coming well, eh? Yeah, 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 brother. <laughs> yeah, that's why we wear them. Oh, mate, that, that yarn, one of the greats. Absolutely worth it. I oh. think that was actually the first question, too, because it was a question about 
um, a fishing trip with Shannon. So it might have been that one. So um, good, good to get that one out of the way. Okay, next one. Ask him how long it took him to do brake pads on his car. The mechanic, chalk mechanic, must have been quick. No, it wasn't, unfortunately, just because I had, like, you know, me, I just had to make some tools up on the spot because I didn't have my tool. I wasn't in the, the garage. So it was, like, makeshift stuff. And I made it work. You know me, Jim. I make things work. And as you know, it um, took me half a day to, t- to change one brake pad on one side. And then I went down to my mechanic, mate, and he changed it in five minutes, and I was shattered. Cause it, <laughs> I was so proud of myself that it took me half a day to do it in my, like, in my driveway. Yeah. And then for him to do it in five minutes, it just it broke me. But hey, you live and you learn, eh? You know, you learn some tricks, some tricks in the trade of the job. Chuck mechanic charging overtime half a day on a. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay, next one. Ask him about his hunting adventure with Squid. Oh, this is great. Yeah, no, me and Squid go way back. Me and Squid, we're like this. Me and Squid, the funny thing is, people don't understand, like, me and Squid are like legit. Like everyone thinks I'm a townie. Oh, I'm I'm a farmer. I'm a southern man through and through. You know, I'm horseback type person. <laughs> oh wait, wait, Jim, I've got to show you this. I might send you one. Hold on. Oh, the southern man. Look at that. Is that you on there? Yeah, oh, of course, mate. You. Re- <laughs> I'll send it to you. you. Just send me your email. Your um, your little box. <laughs> Get it in the um, studio. That would look good in here. Yeah, no, right, right. It's a great pick, I must say. It's a great poster. Holy, <laughs> yeah, now nah, me and Squid, yeah, we always go hunting. But the thing is, Squid's pretty smart. I'll give Squid that, you know, he's he's he's, he's good, he's good. Um, he always so he caught this pig, he must have caught this pig quite a uh, like maybe like five months ago, and it was a massive pig. And he was like, Oh, I'm just gonna go check this this pig out if you want to come. And I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, I'll come anyway. I'm a you know being a good guy and oh, yeah, I'll come. The man doesn't tell me it's like three hours away, <laughs> and I'm like sitting in the in the passenger seat like, like are we doing it? Like are we? Why is it like taking so long? Like you know, it's good. Where are we going? But anyway, he's like yeah anyway, and me anyway. And then anyway, we find this pig and it's in this like valley, like in this this galley. So and I'm like oh my gosh, like who's carrying this? Like and. I think Squid's knee was playing up that day too, and I've just I, I just started running, so I was like, I ain't carrying it. So like, who's going to carry it out of us? So, anyway, it was this massive pig. It was probably like it was like two hundred and seven pounds or something like that. So Jeez. like, and it was yeah. So it was Squid's like max. So he was like, oh, but I got to I got to get this out. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh yeah, good luck. And then like he's like, oh, so he, like I help him put on his back and you know squid's massive but like this this hog was just huge and then he's like nah like and his knees are shaking like and i was like oh no this ain't good like i'm just like no 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 we'll just have to like um so put on like a pole and we're just like inching it up this hill yeah and it took us maybe like two hours or three hours to get it up but like it was so the hill was that quick legit that hill was like 40 minutes like it was a 40 minute hike but it was like a two and a half hour, like with that pig, it was like that deadly. And yeah, it's like a big home, day, a three hours in the car, oh. two hours carrying the pig. And the thing is, like, we woke up at 5 a.m., you know, like, <laughs> oh. but yeah, no. great yards was good because, yeah, oh, he just lamb squire, yeah. one of the greats, mate. No wonder. His oh, one of the greats. Oh, 100%. He's one of the greats. And um, the funny thing is, he's like, it's so good going hunting with him because he's got a side by side. So, you just like just chill on, chill and just let the dogs run out. But 
we took this is a quick quick yarn for you. We took Shannon out, and Shannon knows that Squid has like his gun with him, and um, we took Shannon out maybe like a couple months ago before he went. Uh, what do you call it? He I don't know. Shannon had a gun, but this is the funny yarn is um, he thought that Squid's gun, so he bought this gun. And um, I got to I got to Squid's truck before Sh- Shannon. It was dark. It was like five o'clock in the morning, and I got into the truck and I just in the in the light I could see Shannon holding a gun case. The heck is this gun case? And he is so proud of himself. I'm like smile from like cheek to cheek, and he's just like Squid. You're gonna be proud of me holding my gun. You know, like just can't wait for Squid to be like, oh Shannon, you bought your gun. So anyway, we get we get to the, to the field and Shannon pulls out his gun. It's a BB gun. And I'm like, oh my days. I'm like, gee, the pigs are going to laugh at us. Like, don't be carrying that around. Like, I was like, I'm done. And the funny thing is, I was like, I was making it worse. I was making the situation worse. And Squid was on Shannon's side. Like, nah, it's all good. Like, you know, but I was just ripping into Shannon. Like, gee, those bullets are not hurting anyone. And then, um, funny thing is, I was like, oh, Squid, check us your bullets. And Squid had his like box of bullets. And like he was like, and I like grabbed him with my hand. I was oh nice, and I was like, oh Shannon, grab uh, show us your bullets. And he had like this little test tube, like this little ass test tube, and he was like palming it in his hand. And I was like, oh my! All I did was just blow it off his hand. Like that's why we don't shoot your gun. We just had this like we just all loaded it. You know, oh. just ended up shooting all that Mate, you and Shannon yeah. Frizzell should start a um, hunting and fishing. Um, Program, <laughs> be one of the yeah, greats. That's what people, yeah, people reckon we should, but yeah, definitely if I have another sabbatical, I'll get into it. <laughs> Hopefully, not. Fingers crossed, no more sabbaticals. But no, end of end of career. Okay, next one. This is the question from our major sponsor, Swish. If you could get a video shout out from any celebrity, who would it be and why? Uh, probably uh, it would either be Neymar, Messi. Nah, Neymar. It'll just have to be Neymar, actually. Yeah. But like, we're kind of good. Yeah, we're kind of good friends anyway. So, mate, you got you look quite like him, eh? Do you get that often? Yeah, well, I, sh- I copied some of his tats. To be honest, like I need to put something here, and then I'll be Neymar, you know. But <laughs> like, yeah, we're already friends anyway. Like, so I don't need to like shout out from him. But like, if he wanted me to shout him out, I mean, uh, if Swiss can do that, I can. I'll happily help out. But. <laughs> All right, lads, couple of lads, get him on the podcast too. Neymar, yeah. ask him. Ask him to come Neymar. on. He'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, well, we're supposed to meet up for lunch sometime. I think he's flying his jet over here. You know, yeah, something like Going that. Going on the um, jet ski. Take him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He'd have to have a life insurance for that. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, what was your inspiration for the Slingshot Tri Celebration? Oh, I, I think about myself as the Robin Hood of the Otago community. I get. I, I steal from the. I steal from the rich and give to the poor. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Jim? That's a like great that. one. That's that's why you know. That's why the arrows come out because it was Robin Hood. You know. <laughs> good. Hey, that is good stuff. Okay. Next one. Uh, what's the ambush committee crew? Ambush committee crew. It's just. It's it's a well-oiled crew that um, meets up every Wednesday or yeah, every Wednesday or Tuesday. And we go to McDonald's. But the thing is, it's not about the meal. It's about connection. Mm. And the good thing about McDonald's is there's kids there. We could connect with the kids as well as eat our 30 meals. <laughs> A little bit dodgy. But... So I think, 
Yeah, a little bit dodgy during during a week of uh, prep for Super Rugby game, but I think about it as a promo, you know, a promo that you're not going to get paid for, but it's not what people see, you know. Like, yeah. I hope people don't tell the coaches and stuff that, oh, we seen like Jeremy Ricky and his crew like eating meccas on Wednesday, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, a great crew. It's hey, just Robin Hood doing his thing. Oh, exactly, you know, mm. stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> uh, I'd almost get that tatted over here, to be honest. <laughs> well, you've got a few good mottos you could have tattooed on your neck. Uh, a few have come out. Yeah. I, I like them. Okay, mm. next one. This is a, this is probably a little bit to do with your poster that you just showed us, but um, why does he call himself a southern man but scared of a spate? Nah, sorry. That, that, was, that was back in the day. Like maybe like a year ago that I was scared of spades, but now I'm just oh, flip. You'd have to like you'd have to shoot my hand off to not get one, you know. <laughs> like it's that it's that dangerous, and it's no ultra too. It's the full cream one. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm, you know, I've actually I actually enjoyed him now, which is quite um, interesting because yeah, I was more of a um, I was more of like a, a, a bloody. I wouldn't say cocktail, but like, you know, a mixed type person, you know, yeah. mixed like Malibu, pineapple type person, mm. wee sweetness. Yeah. Hey, nah, yeah, so, yeah, nah. I love, hey, I love a spate now. I love it. Oh, Michael Collins will be proud. That was sent in from him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, he would be proud. But the thing is, he didn't drink no spates. I can tell you that. <laughs> he wasn't drinking no spates. He was drinking some pink gin. I can tell you that. I got some photos. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Okay, last question. Ask this one every episode. Best piece of advice you have for a Waterlad listener? And, mate, going from this episode, there's been so much already. I feel like I'm, I'm being a bit greedy asking for one yeah. more. Um, for me, it would be probably, if I was to be, I think, make the most out of life. Mm. Because there are some people that probably are struggling and they probably, um, would want like you know like you can't can't always be sad i feel like yeah. you know you've got to make the most of every day because i think about it if i was to flip it around like imagine if like um a young person passed away you know like people like i had so much to live you know like this mm. whole life was in front of them so if i flip it around like i should make the most out of my days my weeks you know so should really go to bed and be stoked of what i've accomplished in the day so i think that's probably one thing i've taken out of it is really make the most out of every day because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow um and yeah especially especially being injured is like the flip side is mm. being injured you like like i said like you can either feel sorry for yourself or just take it as a positive and and work on yourself and work on something that you haven't worked on before mm. especially because you have a lot of time I, I had a lot of time Jeez. Yeah. I love that. That is that is such a cool mindset. Very good. Chasing yeah. experience is not fish. I I guess you sum it up exactly. Hey, you sum it up best. Hey? <laughs> All right, that's it, Jimmy boy. Working <laughs> up. I should start. I might actually go to be a lecturer at the uni psychology school. Or is that too much? Am I asking for too nah, much? I genuinely think you'd be really good at it. Listening to this, mate. Nah. Don't think I've learned as much from a podcast as I have from this one. Not just. Um, <laughs> knowledge the confidence you've got everything so mate it's been awesome to have you on the podcast um really appreciate you coming on excited to see what's next for you actually um obviously after your eight week sabbatical um heading into the back end of this year's bunnings npc then super rugby 
potential World Cups, New Zealand, Fiji. You've got an exciting, exciting few years coming up for you. So I'm um, looking forward to following that. But appreciate you coming on the podcast, mate, and sharing some of your classic yarns. Uh, uh, thank you. I appreciate having me on. Mate, you're a lad. <laughs>